Hey, you are no locked on happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant. And you should know our guest by now. He's been on here a couple, a little bit, uh, a few times so far, and hopefully you'll see a lot more of him on occasions throughout the season. But it is none other than Daniel House over at Gophers Guru. We're going to dive into some spring practice thoughts, things to keep in mind as we move forward, maybe positions of concern and much more so sit back relax hit subscribe when we say something that intrigues you so you never miss it in the future but how are you feeling daniel are you ready to talk some gophers spring ball i'm ready i'm ready i got motivated yesterday after the the press conference i was already fired up but i I wanted to go to practice yesterday i'm like come on i just want to sneak into practice but we'll have to wait till tuesday and get our get our first look here Right. I'm right there with you. And then they put out that little teaser as well with uh, the guys ready to go. A couple pictures out there. I was like, no, if you're out there, I want to be out there. So I'm right there with you. I'm itching to get out there on the field and get some of these questions answered. And of course, the questions aren't going to be answered right away because there's probably <laughs> going to be different scenarios and different situations that are tested all spring. But we want to see something. So what are the top of the things, top of the list for you right now? What are you watching for the most when it comes to these spring sessions? I would say the offensive line is one of the top ones, just because you really don't know what that combination is going to look like. PJ Flex said it yesterday, really, Ariante Ursary is the only player penciled in at left tackle, and he said mm-hmm. he wants to get some tight end reps. So maybe there'll be a package in there that, that they can install. That sounds like a spring game thing, like they did with Falele. So I'm waiting for the the Ursary touchdown uh, in the spring game. That would be a good betting favorite for anybody who's playing a little spring game bingo. <laughs> but mainly the interior of the O-line is what I'm watching for. Nathan Bow at center is probably the favorite, but Carter Shaw gets some reps there. Uh, then they got to figure out the guard spots based on who wins a center. You know, Tyler Cooper has been getting some experience behind the scenes. I've heard good things about Ashton Beers. Cade McConnell as well, who came in last year and was just trying to get back from from having a season-ending injury in high school. So where's he at? We haven't been able to get a look at a lot of these guys for a while. The best part of it is, though, there's a lot of flexibility. As PJ mentioned yesterday, you can play J.J. Gadea at guard, try him there. Martis Lewis can kick inside and play guard or tackle. Quinn Carroll can play across the O-line as well. So they have options. It's just a matter of how those players perform. And then based on that, what happens? Do they look to add one more depth offensive lineman in the portal in the main window. I think it will kind of be shaped by how everybody performs during spring ball. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm excited to see the O-line and how the different combinations that maybe work together. Uh, one, two little nuggets that I really liked in that that presser. I mean, you can't take it as uh, law. You can't stamp it in now, but Things that really intrigued me was the fact that Coach Fleck brought up Greg Johnson on his own and said that he was really advancing more and wanting to be pushed more and really standing out even just from the quick things they have been able to do. They hadn't even been able to get on the field yet itself. So that was really intriguing to me. And then also him 
talking about Nathan Bow and nobody loves Minnesota more than Nathan <laughs> Bow. I think that those type of players, your Axel Rushmeyers, your people that are just the lifeblood of the program seem to find opportunities for themselves. So those two mm-hmm. tidbits really stood out to me. I think we'll see Nathan Bow in the starting line, most likely, just from uh the experience he's already had, um, it's kind of stepping into his own opportunity as well. But Greg Johnson showing out quickly definitely intrigued me. Yeah, and it did not surprise me, Kane. I mean, I was at camps this summer watching Greg Johnson, and I left going, future blue chip player right there. I mean, all the traits you're looking for, quick feet, so able to get into a set so fast, and flexibility to just go and you know be able to mirror rushers consistently at a high level. I mean, he's got all the traits you're looking for and very smart. That's what a lot of people have said to me is just able to pick things up extremely fast. I also like Tony Nelson a lot too. People forget about him. He's developing up, but I always said, I thought when the smoke cleared from that class, he could end up being maybe the best offensive lineman in the, in this state when we look back on it and one of the best prospects overall in the state, just because of his upside. So those two for the future, I mean, f- phenomenal. I mean, Greg Johnson, you're looking going, hey, uh, what type of role can he carve out immediately? Mm-hmm. I mean, PJ is not afraid to do that. I mean, he he will look at who's playing well. I noted it too. Like he he's brought him up a couple of times unprompted, liking where he's at, pushing him more and more. And you mentioned Nathan Bell. I've heard things from a lot of players on Nathan Bell dating back to last year, mentioning that he's one of the hardest workers on the team and one of the most improved players that – he sort of has this ability to bring people together too, just because of his passion for it. So I was no surprise to hear that. Yeah. It's hard not to root for a guy like that, but another area of interest for myself is this wide receivers room. Now we got a little more clarity yesterday in the presser with Dalen Wright officially being stated as no longer on the roster, but there's still so much depth in this room. But one thing that coach Fleck did say was that he sees Daniel Jackson as one of the producers, one of the weapons within the offense from last year. And they hope to keep going with that. It seems like Chris Hyman Bell mm-hmm. is always a threat, but beyond them, you've got two transfers coming in that both have intrigue. You've got Christian Hoskins, who is just blazing fast and brings that different perspective to that room. And then you've got someone like Lamecki Brockington, who also showed up, showed sure-handed and showed as a guy you could trust. And then you have three true freshmen coming in as well. There's just so much there to learn more about, to really watch over these spring games or the spring practices. What are you thinking so far with this wide receivers room? The wide receiver room is right where I'd like it to be. I mean, I haven't been at a practice yet, but just based off studying who they brought in, how everything comes together, who's returning, I like what they've done. I felt like last year it was like one or two receivers short of putting together a stable playmakers I felt could be super dynamic and put some more challenges on the defense. I think that's what they faced last year was at times, you know, they they were really building the offense around Mo, and then Crab got hurt. And then had to mm-hmm. pivot and had some, they were a little thin at receiver and had some injuries and things like that. So now I look at the room and go, okay, you have a very talented group just by bringing in Corey Crooms, who I think can help you in the yards after the catch game, the screen side of it, I'd be able to stretch vertically as well, had a lot of success off slot fades and things like that. So you can definitely find ways to get him the ball in space. And then Elijah Spencer as well, who's very good against man coverage, which I think is something that's notable because 
teams like to stack the box last year, and Minnesota had to have some receivers be able to get open in those situations consistently. So having Elijah Spencer who can do that and also make a lot of plays in contested catch situations, which really stood out while evaluating him overall. So those two, I like what they bring. Plus Daniel Jackson, like you said, he's developed at a rapid rate. Everybody, we, I felt like we were talking about all the things that receivers couldn't do last year a lot of times, but it's like Daniel Jackson's progression from week one to the end of the year was very impressive, and I believe he'll take another step forward. He's a very interesting guy to talk with, has a very very thoughtful individual that I think will will take a huge step forward already, has done so. And then you mentioned Brockington, who got experience last year. I mean, he's got great ball skills. He can make catches all over the frame and sure-handed in, in that respect. I remember going to a practice watching him make a contested grab one one practice early on in his career. And I went, man, this guy's got some great body control and hands. And so, you know, you saw some flashes of that. And then you mentioned Christian Hoskins as well, like someone you can cr- use creatively, you know, jet mm-hmm. sweeps, get the screen game, stretch vertically. Just he's the one of the fastest guys on the team. So being able to create and manufacture some touches for him creates some options too. And then you got Brevin, haven't even mentioned him. I, I think what will really help Brevin this year is the fact they have a lot of playmakers to spread the ball around too. And I, and I, I look at it like, you know, people talk about balance and 50, 50 and all this. I I think it's more about multidimensional offense. I wrote about this this week and was talking about spreading the ball around to create space in the passing game, getting all of your playmakers involved. And when you have a mix like Minnesota has now, plus you know, like Sean Tyler in the backfield, who gives you a very different skill set than they've had before, plus some of those younger backs. Um, <clears throat> I like what they're doing there. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. I'm intrigued by it all. And then you talk about if you open the field up and if you space it out more, things become more dangerous. You're talking about Brevin maybe getting in more one-on-one matchups where who is matching up with him, either size-wise or athletically, but you can try to take those away by condensing the field, which teams tried to do last year. But if we can spread it out more and have the attack come from different areas, like you were just saying, it makes it that much harder to guard. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about maybe some position groups of concern and also the QB room behind Ethan Kalik Menace, because I think we, we talk a lot about Ethan and I think we're all excited for it, but are we comfortable with that room behind it and who is in it? Because, you know, a lot of people knew Tanner, a lot of people now know Ethan, but outside of maybe Cole Kramer, there's a lot of question marks behind there. We're going to dive into that coming up next, but first... We got to talk about a word from our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can go over to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can take advantage of a no sweat first bet. And that means if you win, good on you. You got your winnings. If you lose, you still have a chance of up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. And it's simple and easy. You can go look at the, the money lines. You can go look at the spreads and all of that stuff. And so I got two lines here for you, House, that I want to ask you about the first one pertains to the nfl draft now if you guys didn't know daniel house also covers the vikings in-depthly he's always looking at the prospects coming into the new draft and so i've got to ask you we've got the number one pick odds over here on FanDuel with cj stroud at a minus 150 bryce young at a plus 150 and anthony richardson at a plus 600 nobody else is within a thousand after that do you see one of those guys being a lock in that first round or first pick, or do you think it's still kind of up for grabs? 
I would narrow it down to Stroud and Young, but based on the type of offense they're going to run, the ball placement is just so good with C.J. Stroud and the accuracy that it, it reminds me a lot of like when An- uh, Andrew Luck was with Frank Reich, like that type of situation. And Josh McCown has you know, talked at length about C.J. Stroud before he got that quarterback coach job about how he really liked uh, his upside and what he could do in the league. So I'm going C.J. Stroud with the first pick. I think it would be a great move and puts the Panthers in a phenomenal position to just build around him for the future here. Yeah, I think I'm with you, especially because it seems like Josh McCown might have tipped his hat a little bit, not knowing he was getting that job. But we'll see if it comes to fruition. Now, the other thing that you can still find over at FanDuel is lines for the first games of the week when it comes to college football that nebraska at minnesota game line is already there and minnesota is favored by eight points what do you think about that heading into it knowing there's a first or a new head coach at the helm for nebraska you feeling good about that line overall and of of course it's going to change a little bit by the time we get there with more information but it's out there you can go bet on it now march 22nd man i can't believe the line's out there already but you know i (laughs) I guess I look at it like the first game is always a challenge, but when you have a brand new coach coming in with different systems and you don't know the personnel and I've talked at length. I mean, I remember Joe Rossi talking about just getting ready for that first game is one of the biggest challenges just because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You got an idea and go back and look at some film and put things together, but you never truly know until you get into the game. So you got to adapt on the fly. So I just feel like, the first games sort of are closer maybe than you're anticipating just because of that surprise element and the fact it's a conference game and the way rule coaches and his style and what they've done this off season. And I don't think the cupboard's completely bare in Nebraska either. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that first game. I think it will be very entertaining. I'm with you. And you can go check out those other college football lines over at FanDuel.com. Be sure to go to FanDuel.com slash on to take advantage of the no sweat first bet and make every moment more with FanDuel official sports book of Locked On. But we're not talking about FanDuel anymore. We're talking about the Golden Gophers football because spring practice has officially begun. And before you know it, we're going to be there at that indoor facility, most likely. Maybe outdoor. We'll see if the weather can shape up before then. But I'm excited. You're excited. But let's talk about maybe some of the concerns, if there are any. What position group concerns you the most? I talked about it on the show yesterday, and the cornerback room is my biggest worry right now. But what are you thinking heading into this? Yeah, cornerback, I would say, is a position that they'll probably need to get at least one cornerback in the portal in the May window that can come in and contribute because you look at what they have there right now. Jack Henderson playing nickel, early down nickel that's physical and can help you in the run game. Such a big component of Joe Rossi's scheme. And then Ryan Stapp could play the nickel on the passing down situations possibly. So then you're looking at who's going to play on the outside with Justin Wally. I do like the intrigue of Ryland Kelly who has a lot of length and size on the perimeter and saw flashes immediately last year in the spring. Haven't been able to watch him since August. So I'm looking forward to seeing where he's at. He's got some upside. And then Tariq Watson, who's very fast, man. He's got good acceleration and speed. Just had to learn all the technique. But you definitely saw the upside and athletic skills there. So where are those two players at? And then if they're able to maybe get one transfer cornerback in this window, 
then I think it will come together pretty well with Newbin in the back end, Darius Green, Coleman Bryson. Like they, they have very, very good talent mm-hmm. in the back end, a safety spot. So it's just how will that corner room shape up? I, I feel like they might get one more transfer corner to round that out. If I was to say one other one, I'd say linebacker just because of the depth there. I mean, typically, you know, for the most part, the Gophers are in nickel defense and they only have two linebackers on the field. So it's a question of, like who emerges as that third linebacker? It's probably between Devin Williams and Joey Gerlock right now. But you know, what about potentially taking a transfer linebacker as well? You got you know Lindenberg and Seelig coming in from Western Michigan. A lot of good stuff from Maverick Baranowski too. I mean, he mm-hmm. flashed immediately last year. A late ad that Joe Rossi found, and he's super fast and rangy and instinctive. And I remember him already making plays last year when we were there. So another player worth looking at. So I would say. You know, the linebacker depth behind the first couple of guys there, how does that shake out? And then do they potentially look at another transfer? But, you know, that that side of the ball, their ability to develop and identify talent and get the most out of their players, I, I don't worry as much about that side of the ball. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is neither one of us brought up the defensive line, even though we know pass rush itself needs to be addressed and how they can get to the quarterback. But as far as the talent in that room goes, I'm actually pretty excited by it. You've got upside in guys like Anthony Smith, even Devin Eastern, who we haven't got to see a lot of in the actual in-game action. But I was even impressed by, they were still learning, they were still growing, but guys like Hayden Schwartz as well, who was a true freshman last year and used his red shirt, they, they showed a lot of promise and talent. And then you add that to guys who showed it on the field in Ja Joyner, Danny Strigow, Kyler Baugh had his moments. Trill Carter is always a steady presence in there on the interior defensive line. So it seems like the the talent in the room itself is really good. But now how can coach Winston DeLatibadier help them take the next step, especially when it comes to that pass rush? Now, what do you think helps that? What do you think takes them to the next level outside of the already natural born talent? How do you coach it to get it, help them get home? Yeah, I, I mean, anybody who's read the site knows that I believe in interior pass rush, and that's the most important aspect because you're able to collapse the pocket, really impede launch angles of the quarterback, prevent escape lanes, and then you get a lot of opportunities where you know edge rushers are retracing and getting better matchups. And last year, I felt like you even look at the numbers, you study the film, you see that interior push was not where it was the previous season. And even like, and you go back and look at the 19 defense and a player like Sam Renner, who was super underrated and played a big role in that defensive scheme success. So I look at that going, okay, you got to get some better production pass rushing wise from the interior and that will have a ripple effect on the edge players. But you know, someone like Chris Collins coming in here, experienced player who has big frame, long arms, athletic, Staff felt like watching his film, there were some things that they could unlock schematically that suited his strengths maybe a little bit better, but he's experienced. I mean, you look at the background at North Carolina, uh, just a lot of snaps there, you know, on a rotational basis and working in that system, five seasons with the Tar Heels, and then 12.5% pass rush win rate last year on a rotational snap basis. I think he played something like 138 pass rush snaps total. So pretty good for rotational rusher when I'm looking at that. So he's the guy along with Danny Strigow on the rush end. You mentioned Hayden Schwartz as well. Where is he at? Uh, Those depth pieces behind the primary starters 
are any of those players able to step up and make an impact? And then some the transfer like Collins, who the staff likes a lot. What does he look like? Uh, that's what I'm fascinated to see. You mentioned Anthony Smith, too. I mean, man, right away jumped out when you got there last year. And I know people coming through that building from the outside, like scouts and people are like, who's this guy? You know, like <laughs> he's a true freshman. I mean, there is definitely potential for him long term. I mean, it, I, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, he's definitely one of the most intriguing guys uh, that I have kind of circled on my list as far as guys I really want to pay attention to and what opportunity is there for them through this spring. And so that's a lot of what you're looking for in the spring is what, where is the opportunity and who is stepping up in the right moments to at least maybe give themselves a shot at more opportunities, not in next season, I mean, maybe in next season, but heading into the fall camp because still so much is going to happen in fall camp and so much is going to be decided in that time as well. So how do you get your name further up in the list to see more opportunities there and earn even more opportunities during the season? Now, to close this thing off, we are going to have some fun with this. Uh, First, I want to talk about some of the seniors or some of the older guys on this team that really maybe are the next NFL guys on this team. And then we're going to go to the class of 2024. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss this because the Gophers currently have a number of commits from the class of 24. And we're going to talk about it coming up next. All right, Gophers fans. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers daily sports. Now we're talking the class of 24. We're talking some of the NFL guys on the radar for next year. And let's start with that one. So Tyler Newbin, Brevin Spanford, these guys are kind of at the top of my list when it comes to guys on the draft radar. I think both of them could have had a chance at getting drafted this past year, but they're both looking to kind of increase their stock, take that leap into maybe a higher round. What are your thoughts on these two? And are there any other players on this roster that maybe people aren't considering as NFL guys that they should? Yeah, you mentioned two of the top ones. I mean, Newbin is one of the best returning safeties in the country. Versatility, you can rob him underneath, have him play the deep half. I can't come down to the box as needed. He's just so intelligent and will be the catalyst of that defense. He can do so many different things because of his intelligence and ability to get to defense in the right spot. And Him and Howden had so much chemistry, but now you look at someone like Darius Green, Coleman Bryson, those type of players in the back end, with him to just have another season of Newbin is huge. And he'll have a chance to improve his draft stock significantly too. I mean, he's there's no telling where he could go, but just because of the fit he has within this scheme and the work that he puts in. I remember him talking about film study and the type of things he does to get ready for games and, and study to improve overall. I'm expecting another huge leap forward him overall and then with brevin i would say he's so versatile and dynamic and i feel there are even more opportunities to maximize what he does well stretching the seam getting the ball out underneath screens which we saw some of last year lining him up all over to create different formations and alignments that put stress on the defense and how that ties in with the playmakers that they have now across the board 
will that take some pressure off and force the defense to have to defend every blade of grass on the field, which I think is the key to success. Like I said, creating space in the passing game. And when you have a mismatch player with that type of athletic ability, contested catch skills, ability to go up, get the ball, really good route runner too last year. I thought he made a lot of strides as a route runner. You look at his yards per route run. Greg Harbaugh spent a lot of time working with him on the route running side of it, and you could see it, you know, pay off in a big way. Brevin is Brevin's a hard worker too. He's going to put in the time and the work to get better. So sky is the limit for those two. I feel they'll be very fun to watch. Absolutely. So then let's turn our eyes towards the future a little bit. Let's talk about the class of 2024. Are there names of the five commits so far that the Gophers have that stand out to you at all. So right now the Gophers have five hard commits, Mason Carrier from Minnesota, Brady Pretzlaff from Wisconsin or Michigan, my bad, Aaron Philo from Georgia, Jaden Wright running back from Illinois, and then an athlete in Simon Sidell from Minnesota as well. Any of those guys pop out to you in the film or what are we getting with some of these younger guys on hopefully the Gophers roster in 2024. Simon Seidel, so intriguing. I, I pulled up the film and, and talked to some people and background on him, extremely impressed with the upside, like so fluid and explosive as an athlete, really good hockey player. So he's got a hockey background. He actually, him and his brother were adopted from Congo, I believe. So they have a very interesting story about how they came to America and fell in love with hockey through their family who who loved hockey as well. So that's how they got immersed in that. And I like corners that have a wide receiver background that, mm -hmm. you know, I've been studying a lot of that and how the players who who end up becoming very successful corners, a lot of them have the wide receiver background because of the feel and the instincts and the movement skills and just the natural instinct of how receivers come in and out of breaks is so valuable for those type of players so i look at what he can bring you just when he unlocks all the technique and harnesses all of that athletic ability i mean he is just filled with upside and i'm interested as well like in the background of a mm -hmm. hockey player who's going to play defensive back and i'm trying to find examples of it i went back i saw like the watts had a hockey background but i want to see defensive backs that right. have played hockey because of the balance and the knee bend and all those things that are required to play hockey at a high level, how will those traits translate to defensive back? I think it will be pretty good. So I'm intrigued by him. There's a, there's a lot of them in this class already. I mean, Aaron Philo, the quarterback, mm -hmm. pocket movement, escapability, downfield accuracy, slinging it all over in an offense that spreads it out and, and throws at all three levels. He navigated away from the rush, rolled out, kept his eyes downfield, a lot of off-platform throws and touching accuracy while throwing up the seam and vertically. Um, noticed how he's able to move defenders too, like with some pump fakes and, you know, looking one way of the progression, come back the other way and making the throw. Like those subtle things sort of jumped out at me while watching him. So, you know, going into Georgia and getting a player like that who, you know, is one of the top players down there playing at a program that was, you know, championship caliber group you know won a championship down there that's that's the type of thing that pj fleck and the staff look for they like to find players who were on those championship teams that that know how to win and have that drive so i mean all these guys have different intriguing skill sets but those are a couple that that jumped out to me 
I love it. I love it. And I wasn't able to check out Aaron's tape, but I did look at his quick stat lines from his time as a senior, not a senior, a junior in the 2022 year. You're talking about 69% completion rate on 397 passing attempts, uh, 4,598 pass yards, 54 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Like, if those numbers don't jump out to you, I don't know what else will. So it's definitely an intriguing prospect to have coming in here with the future of our quarterbacking already at the helm, but you need to always bring in depth and quality talent in that quarterback room. So let's let's talk about that to kind of wrap up the show is the QB room behind Ethan Calicmanis. Folks know about Ethan. Folks knew about Tanner. People maybe know a little bit about Cole Kramer as well. But beyond that, what what stands out to you in this quarterback room? You've got Drew Vioto. You've got now Aaron in the class of 24. We've also got Jacob Newth in this quarterback room. Who are guys that, I guess, what do you enjoy about these guys that they could be quality backups or step up if having to be called upon moving forward? Yeah, Cole Kramer, I mean, he's made a lot of progress since he arrived here from what I've been able to gather just, you know, in an offense there that, you know, he wasn't asked to throw the ball all over the yard a ton at at EP. I mean, he was accurate when he did so, but you know, he was learning a lot of things as he came in and adjusted. And uh, Kirk Shirak, I remember saying last, him saying last year that he thought he saw a substantial growth from him, just understanding the offense, getting the ball out, going through the reads, seeing the field, all those things that are required to, to play the quarterback position. And you saw some wildcat looks with Cole before, but, you know, I, I am fascinated to just get a chance to see all the quarterbacks for the first time in a while, because mm-hmm. that's one position where when you have been around it for a few months, a lot of development can happen just mentally, physically, mechanically, all those things that you have to be able to do to be successful. So you mentioned, you know, Jacob Knuth, quarterback as well, young player who super athletic. I mean, he ran all over. Mm-hmm. on his high school film and it was very very dynamic in that respect and showed flashes as well as a passer and upside uh when when you fired up the film there so i guess want to see where he's at i mean that that that's the biggest thing I haven't been at practice so it's hard for me to really give too much of an evaluation and then drew Vioto as well uh i i liked his arm strength i mean he was able to push the ball at all three levels showed accuracy has an interesting story about how, you know, his family moved him here to get him more opportunities from Canada and ended up playing with Darius Taylor, the running back who was highly coveted, will be a phenomenal player for the Gophers moving forward, a big recruiting battle that they were able to win. But Vioto has a ton of intriguing traits that Minnesota can build around for the future. So uh, that room, we'll see what type of progress has been made since last time I saw them. But you know, they definitely have talent in that room that they can rely upon and build upon as, you know, Ethan does his thing moving forward here. All right. Well, last thing I'm going to ask from you right here, and it's not even any detailed thing or anything like that, but just call your shot now. We'll be able to look back on this after the spring is all over, after April 22nd when that spring game is over. But call your shot on who you think could see maybe the biggest boost from spring in their opportunities moving forward. Ooh, so like an emer- a player that comes into the spring and just latches on to a big role is what you're mm-hmm, looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. You know, I I tell you what, this might be this might be a little bit of a sleeper, but I think I'm going to go with Joey Gerlock. Okay. And that that's that's a that's a sleeper pick, but I have heard good things about Joey Gerlock. I remember watching him in camp and he just moved so well. And it was like, okay, the next step for this guy is just to get a little stronger to maintain that level of athleticism that he has in the movement skills and range and things like that. And I've heard definitely has, has done that. So with snaps available at linebacker and, you know, his mental processing side of it, his understanding of the game and where he's at, uh, could he get some rotational snaps and, and sort of burst onto the scene as, as someone who, you know, makes an impact, maybe not full-time impact, but, you know, rotational impact. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Joey Gerlock, that, that would be my, my pick as a young player. I didn't want to go with the, the, name everybody might go with so i'm going with joey Gerlock. i'm with you i think if i have to lock one in i'm going to go with because of opportunity simply being there as well as hearing some great things from other players on the team i'm going with rylan kelly i think he might insert himself as that opposite corner out uh, across from justin wally i think he's got the length i think he's got the athleticism and i heard he did great in the rofer periods my guy brev was telling me that he reminds him of a little or a, a, a mini uh benjamin st juice both of those guys having some canada yeah. in there so i'm gonna i'm gonna run with it i think rylan kelly makes the biggest opportunity for himself there but that's gonna do it for us here at lockdown golden gophers thank you so much for joining us house and Please let the people know where they can find your work. We've talked about Gophers Guru, but let them know what you're working on and where they can find it. And please definitely check it out because it is definitely worth the very minimal price that you have to pay. $5 a month gets you access to the all the content at gophersguru.com. Working on a lot of projects, off-season studies. Uh, just posted this week some thoughts on pass rush development, where the Gophers are going with that. PJ Fleck had a lot of interesting comments on how they're approaching pass rush and i also added some perspective on you know what i think is possible with some of the upside and in, in that room and then also just going back to the content that i posted the past few weeks on you know previewing some position groups looking at what minnesota has to do to take the next step on each side of the ball and you can find it all at, at gophersguru.com there it is. While you're here, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube so you don't miss future episodes. This won't be the last time you see Daniel House on this podcast. I can guarantee you that. But that's going to do it for us. This is Kane Rob signing off. Row the boat. Sky Ma. Go Gophers.